All right. So at this point, you may be a little confused. You may be asking yourself, how did a Sasquatch wandering off the street? Why is he on stage, and who gave him a microphone? These are all very uh, good questions. Um, tonight, we'll be, doing, uh, we'll be skipping ahead to talk six and seven. Uh, my wife will be doing the talk next week. She'll go back to uh, four and five. She's um, been practicing a three-minute beatbox solo, but she's really nervous about it, so you may have to prompt her to do it. So uh, if you see her, just try to get her to do it for you, and I think you'll be uh, rewarded handsomely. Um, the first time I uh, listened to this talk, I was actually sitting in the back, uh, which is where I normally sit. I'm six foot seven, and when you're six foot seven, you have two choices. It's either sit in the back or... I don't know if there's a German word for the anxiety that's caused by sitting wherever you want, but then knowing that a whole group of people is behind you, staring at the back of your head with the hatred of a thousand suns. Um, so I was sitting in the back uh, just to avoid that. And um, as we started the, the Bible talk, something kind of strange happened to me. I, I got this sense of, I have to do this next. And that was really scary for me. Um, so I kind of paid extra attention to the talk. Once the talk was over, though, I told nobody, uh, which is always a great thing to do. So I, I didn't tell anybody about this weird sense that I had gotten that I would have to give this talk um, because the, the Bible is kind of, for me, uh, an interesting conundrum. I've been raised in the, the church my entire life. Um, I've always gone to church and We've always read the Bible, but uh, if I'm being honest, I spent a lot of my life uh, letting people tell me what was in the Bible um, or just reading small pieces of the Bible. And um, I always thought that a Bible study is, is a group of people who get together to argue about a piece of the Bible, but then all come to the same conclusion at the end. So um, that's kind of been my, my background in the Bible, but I really did have this weird feeling that I would have to give this talk, and I felt like I would be a hypocrite if I told you how great a book would be that I'd never read before. So kind of without telling anybody, I just started reading the Bible. And I started with the New Testament, because that seemed a little easier. In fact, if you look at it, I'll show you how much easier that looks. Um, so, all right. Old Testament, New Testament. So... Jesus and Holy Spirit and everything that comes after that, everything before that. So you can just see, like, that's a huge difference. So I uh, kind of wet my, my toes in the water by reading the New Testament first. And um, the, the day that I finished the New Testament, Gary said, hey, guess what? I want you to do a talk on the Bible. I had not told him that I was reading the Bible or I felt like I'd have to give this talk. And so I said, okay, but inside I was panicking because I had a whole other testament to get through. And it was, it's the bigger one. It's the thicker one. And so I was, on one hand, I was relieved because I didn't have to do the joke. Um, so I was really excited about that. But um, on the other hand, I still had so much to get through. And so I powered through it, and I actually finished on the day that I had to give the talk, uh, which is a bit of the miracle because it's super long, you guys. <laughs> Have you seen how long the Bible is? It's like, like thousands of pages. Um, 
And it's also kind of a weird book. I hope we can all agree on that, uh, that the, the Bible is weird. Uh, it, it's really popular, though. The average American household has four copies of the Bible. And I checked in our house, and I think we're up to 15. But that's just more because we're nerds. And I always thought, like, if I, had, if I could buy the right Bible, that would be the Bible that I would read. And so I would just accumulate copies of the Bible with shiny different covers because I thought, oh, if the cover's great, then obviously I'm going to read it. Um, and it didn't happen. Um, my best piece of advice is if you want to read the Bible, make sure you have to give a talk on the Bible saying how great it is and how you've read it, and then uh, that might help you. So the Bible is popular. The works of Shakespeare has been, have been translated into 80 languages. The Quran has been translated into 130 languages. The Bible has been translated in its entirety into 392 languages, and there's over 2,200 languages worldwide that have at least a part of the Bible um, in them. So if you wanted to read the Bible in your native Klingon, you can do that. Um, but it's, it's hard if you weren't grown up, <laughs> grown up in the church, if you weren't raised in the church, uh, to even have a, a starting point or a frame of reference about the Bible. Because um, you don't ever hear just even the name Bible used almost in any other context. Bible means book or library. Uh, so the Bible is actually a collection of books. There's uh, 66 books in all. It was written by at least 40 different people, and it accounts for about 1,500 years of history. Uh, at its most basic, many will call it the Word of God. And so you can follow along in your course guide. Um, I'll be following generally the points uh, starting on page 34. Um, so it's most basic, many call it the, the word of God or the revelation of God, meaning God has spoken. Let's go ahead and actually, if you've got a Bible, let's take it out and let's start on page 885. We'll let those, um, page uh, 885. So the, this book is called Second Timothy. It's a letter um, to Timothy uh, by his, his buddy Paul. And when you get to uh, page 885, that's the second letter of Timothy, so that'll be in chapter 3. Um, so you'll see the chapters labeled. Um, there's a 1 on page 884, and then there's a 2 at the, also on 884, and then you'll see a 3 on the second column of page 885. And so that's the chapter we're going to be in. We're going to be in uh, chapter 3, and we're just going to read verses 16 and 17. So you'll see those in smaller numbers. But verse 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this is Paul talking to his friend Timothy, just telling him about the purpose of scripture um, and just what we can use scripture for. So that's God speaking through the Bible, revealing his plan for us, teaching us, inspiring us, training us for, for the holy life. 
Um, you'll see here that all of scripture is inspired by God, or a lot of times people will use the word God-breathed. Um, we don't believe that the authors of the Bible held a pen to the paper and closed their eyes and let God just kind of move their hands like a magic Ouija board. Um, the authors of the Bible were people, and they had agendas and baggage and even body hair. Um, but there's something, though, that's transcendent about what they've written, something that's elevated throughout time and something that's uniquely powerful. Some people call the Bible a manual for life. And you can even see that on the bottom of page 34. It says, useful, a manual for life. If you've got a pencil, you can do me a favor and cross that out because I disagree with that very strongly. I think a, a manual is like an instruction manual. That's something you get from Ikea in a box of flat boards, um, something that you'd use to put something together, and then you'd throw it away, and you would never look at it ever again. It's not a manual for life. It's something you puzzle over and something that you struggle with, maybe like an Ikea manual, but it's more than that. The Bible is full of poetry. It's full of narrative and letters, proverbs, stories, history, speeches, guidance, parables. It's like this because it's the story of God's relationship with people throughout history in all of its aspects. Now, the point of our reading the Bible isn't to know all the rules and know how to behave ourselves and feel good about that. The, the point of the Bible should be that we are closer to God. Jesus said this to some very religious people, and I'm reading from John's Gospel. He says, here you are scouring through the scriptures, hoping that you will find eternal life among a pile of scrolls. What you don't seem to understand is that the scriptures point to me. And so there's this idea that we can be really well-versed in the Bible and know a lot about it, but miss the whole point altogether. It's not being, the Bible isn't being taken seriously if it isn't drawing us into some sort of conversation or a relationship with God. What we find when we engage the Bible is that not only has God spoken, but God is speaking to us. So Romans, where do we at? Romans 10, 17, which I wrote that down. That is uh, page 843. Let's turn, if you could, just real quickly to page 843. Chapter 10 and verse 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So the Bible is something that we can use to grow our faith. Um, no matter where you are, the Bible can be a, a great source of wisdom and insight into the nature of God, and that propels us further. John ends his account of Jesus' life by saying this. He says, the accounts, these accounts are recorded so that you too might believe that Jesus is the anointed, the liberating king, the son of God, because believing grants you the life that he came to share. So there's, again, there's more to the scriptures than just knowing what they say. It's about a relationship and it's about a lifestyle that emerges from that. The Bible also speaks to us in our present circumstances. Page 35 of the course guide, just 
if you're one, if you have it open, that's just one page over, gives you some examples of that. And we're not going to go through all of those just because of time, but that might be something you'd like to do in your small group. Um, just all the different places where scripture may come to speak to you where you're at right now. A few years ago in England, there was a push to fund a copy of the Bible for each library of every school in commemoration of the 400th anniversary of the King James Bible. Richard Dawkins, a notable atheist scholar, made headlines for donating to the cause. When asked why he would do this, he stated, people who do not know the Bible well have been gulled into thinking it is a good guide to morality. I've even heard the opinion that without the Bible as a moral compass, people would have no restraint against murder, theft, and mayhem. The surest way to disabuse yourself of this pernicious falsehood is to read the Bible itself. And so my confession to you is that I spent my whole life probably agreeing with that. I think one of the reasons why it took me so long to read the Bible is I was actually afraid of what I would read and what I would have to wrestle with. Um, I was afraid that reading the Bible might be enough to push me over the edge and abandon my faith altogether, or even worse, it might push me in the other direction, and then I'd have to start listening to Christian radio. <laughs> but what I found, though, reading the Bible has been the single most important thing that I've done in my life to strengthen my faith. When you come to this book with an open heart, it starts to change you. Now, page 36 in the guide has some instructions on how to constructively read the Bible. And again, that might be something that's good for your small group to go over. I'd feel kind of like a hypocrite taking you through something that I've been historically so terrible at. But um, it, it is good advice, and when followed, it does yield awesome results. Now, we can all congratulate ourselves because we're halfway there. Only one more talk to go in the evening. But we've already done a lot of the heavy lifting because the next topic is how does God guide us? And guess what, guys? Spoiler alert, the first one is scripture. So we've spent a lot of time, we've done a lot of the heavy lifting on that one. We, as we kind of mentioned before, our goal is not to do something, but it's to be something. Our primary calling is to live in a relationship with God and to know Jesus and to become like Jesus and to become free and loving and peaceful. So to that end, we've been given the Bible, which gives us the general will of God. Um, we already read the passage from Second uh, Timothy, but I'll read it again. All scripture is God-breathed, and it's inspired voice we hear useful teaching, rebuke, correction, instruction, and training for a life that is right, so that God's people may be up to the task ahead and have all they need to accomplish every good work. The Bible covers a range of topics like marriage and work, money, justice, children, widows, and orphans. And so it gives us God's general will for them. So, for instance, we should take care of orphans and feed the poor. Um, if you're married, for instance, you don't have to wonder if you should leave your spouse and try to pursue me romantically. That's called adultery, and God probably is not a big fan of you doing that. Um, there are some topics, though, that require a little bit more than a general yes or no. Sometimes the question is like, which job should I take? Or how should I raise my children? We are moved towards the Bible because not only has God breathed through this book, but he still breathes. And we mentioned that before. It's, a con it's an ongoing conversation. 
that he has with us, a lot of times what you might notice is you'll read a passage that you've glossed over hundreds of times, but in that particular moment, God will use that piece to guide you or, or point you in a different direction. God also speaks to us through what we call a compelling spirit. Uh, for instance, there's no, I can't really think of another source of that feeling that I would have to give the talk on the Bible. And I don't know why else I would be compelled to read the Bible if God hadn't moved me through his spirit. And, and again, I didn't tell anybody either. I have a habit just because I use Gmail and just it stores every email that I've ever received. So I keep all my personal emails. And I found the first time Gary and I corresponded. And I didn't tell him what it was what was in it. I just asked if I could read an email he sent. So this is the first time Gary Beeson ever emailed me. He actually emailed my wife. And he says, uh, this is February 5th. He says, I, ha I received your feedback from the Alpha surveys that you filled out. Um, I noticed you may be interested in joining the leadership team as a small group leader. Please pray with your spouses and see if God speaks to you in a way that moves you to join this Alpha. Uh, my wife couldn't do it, so I responded and I said, Hi, Gary. My wife wouldn't be able to help with Alpha this time around, but you can definitely sign me up. What time does the training start? So very excited. Again, felt this weird calling to be an alpha participant. So again, this is still February 5th. Thanks, Luke. I will contact you before the March 2nd meeting to let you know. Peace. So, so that's, he'll let me know before the March 2nd meeting. So on March 1st, here's my email to Gary. Hey, Gary, I just wanted to check in and see what time tomorrow's meeting will be. Hi, Luke. I actually have enough small group leaders this time. So that makes, uh, so I apologize for not notifying you sooner. I hope you didn't push something aside to participate, which I did, by the way. I had moved my whole work schedule around. I had, <laughs> I had done so much work. It had taken so much effort. Um, I, I have chat logs, too, and I can see that I saw the chat logs. Those were not actually suitable to read back and forth, but uh, I was talking with my wife, and the word behold did come up, just so everybody knows. So I didn't say anything to Gary. But I was like kind of torn up because I really did feel like called that, you know, that I had a task to perform. Two hours later, Gary sends this email. He says, Luke, disregard the first email. The Lord spoke to me through somebody a minute ago, and I need you this time. I'll work out the details with the other guy. So I've never talked to Gary about that. I don't know what that conversation looked like or what was going on there. But something else happened there, too. And again, I can't point to anything else besides what we call the compelling spirit. And again, just to talk up the spirit, beautiful Holy Spirit weekend. We'll delve into all of those topics uh, in depth and talk about what uh, the Holy Spirit actually does. It's a wonderful weekend. I can't recommend it enough. What this can also look like, though, are, are dreams and visions, um, angels, uh, even an audible voice. You know, I haven't experienced a lot of that, but again, there have been times when the presence of God or his compelling spirit has been undeniable in my life. Um, God also guides us through common sense, uh, which can, what, what, what that might look like is conscience, for instance. 
Um, sometimes the idea of conscience is like a very sharp knife that can be blunted if it's misused and ignored, but if it's used in the right way, your conscience can become sharp and that can be uh, a, a pretty powerful indication of how God may be guiding you. So God has given us all consciences, but God has also given us minds to think and to reason. And God's, promise, God's promises of guidance are not given to save us the problem, the problem of thinking. So we don't, the idea is we don't ever turn our brain off. We wrestle with the scriptures. We try to find the meaning uh, be, behind God's commands or what God's will for us might be. And that's not an easy process. Paul's letter to Timothy also states, think about what I am telling you and let the Lord give you clarity on all of it. John Wesley said that the most common way God guided him was presenting to his mind reasons for acting in a particular way. So it might even be as simple as having a lot of reasons to, to do something or to follow something. He also speaks to us through the Council of Saints. The word saints in the New Testament just really means kind of all Christians. In other words, the church. So God also speaks to other people, and he's done so for hundreds and hundreds of years. And that's one of the beauties of being a Christian, is that we inherit 2,000 years of thought, reflection, and wisdom. So any kind of decision you're facing or trouble that you're going through, there's this beautiful collection of saints who have been through that same issue before and who may provide wisdom and counsel. Lastly, God can use circumstantial signs. What this might look like is providence or uh, circumstance. This one's kind of a tricky one because we're really bad at trying to discern any sort of message out of events that may have no meaning at all. For instance, I got wet on the way here. I got soaked to the, uh, my, my socks are still squishy. That could have been a sign from God that's saying, you know, don't go and give the talk. Or it could be a sign of God saying, you know what, you need to overcome your wet socks and sit and, you know, and give the talk. Or it could just mean it's raining and you didn't bring an umbrella and maybe next time you should do that. So that one's really tricky and I feel kind of nervous about <laughs> talking about something that's so tricksy. But the course guide does give you the good guidelines on how to test things. Um, and that's uh, most, of, most of that is uh, on page 41. And again, that may be something that is good to discuss in your small group time. So I am doing great on time and I can get my reward for finishing on time. The good news is that we're all done and you guys can um, take, some, take a moment and uh, meet with your group and dis discuss it. There's a lot to go over here and I feel really bad that I've rushed through so much material. Um, but I think that you have plenty to talk about in your small group. And thank you guys so much for coming tonight. And I hope that you, uh, I hope that you do read the Bible. I hope that it's something that, um, something that you find uh, beauty and merit in. And if you're not sure if you should read the Bible, you may have to give a talk on it next year. And so maybe just to be safe, maybe just you just read the Bible in case you have to give a talk on it. So thank you guys so much, and um, enjoy, your, enjoy your evening. We will finish at 8.15.
So uh, let's be respectful of everybody's time. And um, Jerry, do you have anything to add?